Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bravo East Coast Housewives. It's Yoyinza Kim in the house. Really, not in the house. Well, yeah, in the house, but in the basement coming to ya. You know what I'm saying. And you know what, guys? Happy 420, okay? And for those of you who don't know 420, honey, you want to Google it right now, okay? So if you celebrate 420, happy fucking 420. If you don't, that's cool too. So yeah, it's a Tuesday. Let's see. What did I do this past weekend? I don't really think that I did much. Does that mean my life is boring? I don't know. But, oh my God, yins guys, I do have to say that I would love to share something with you, and it's kind of a big deal in my life. I finally, finally have reached the point where I I got a dog, yins guys. I got a dog. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I am in the process. Uh, yeah, I can't even believe, this is a year in the making, let me tell you, a year in the making. I've been trying to find a dog, and it has been so motherfucking hard to contact people. To ha- Well, I mean, it wasn't hard to contact people, it was just they weren't getting back to you, and it was just very, very frustrating. But now, I can happily say, I'm gonna have a little bundle of joy at the end of May, and I'm really, 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 really excited. So I just wanted to share that, so... That's my news. That's the big news. But you know what? There's some stuff going on in the Bravo world. So we're going to get right to it with what the Bravo. So we have some things to discuss in our what the Bravo segment. So first things first, congratulations are in order for Jax and Brittany Couchy. Okay, Vanderpump Kids. They had their little baby Cruz is his name. And I have to say, why do I feel like a lot of Bravo celebrities are naming their children and or animals Cruz? It's an interesting thought. I don't know. I just thought about it. I was just like, why are people doing this? I don't know. I guess it's like a super huge name right now. It's trending, I guess, in the Bravo world. But Jackson, Brittany, congratulations. He's super duper cute. And from there, We're just going to go on. I don't really have much to say after that. They welcomed the little baby boy. He's so cute. And that's cool. So big things coming up in the future. Obviously, we have Real Housewives of New York on the 4th of May. The May the 4th be with you. You know, like the Star Wars shit that people say. uh, May the 4th. (laughs) May 4th. So yeah, Roni, May 4th. That's going to be flipping exciting. Also, we got some reunions coming up. Real Housewives of Atlanta is going to be insane. It's on the 25th, so make sure you tune into it or DVR it, all that kind of shit that all the Bravo people say anyways, and I say it too, and I'm not even getting paid from them. I don't work for Bravo. I wish I did, though. That would be sweet. Also, Real Housewives of New Jersey, obviously we've seen their looks on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Not yet an air date that I've seen online, but when I find out, I will let you guys know. 
Also, the Summer House kids, their reunion, I believe they just finished shooting. So again, no word on that date that I know of as far as the places that I looked up and researched. So once I found out those dates, I will let you guys know. But holy shit, this made my day. Okay, go on Instagram and I see... Oh, well, first of all, before I get there, the taglines of our New York housewives, fucking yes. Okay, Leah's tagline is super pretty cool. I think it was something like, I tested positive for sex, but negative for BS. So it was something like that. I thought it was kind of appropriate for the times of today. And I think Luann's had something to do with being fabulous as usual. I think Ramona was like still trying to find herself. She's a work in progress, all that type of shit. Sonia doesn't go out of style. Ebony is saying that she's going to get everything that she wants, all that kind of stuff, like super powerful kind of stuff. Who am I missing? I think that's it. Yeah, because there's just five. So if you haven't checked them out, check them out. They're on Instagram for sure. Go to the, the Bravo handle for that. And getting back to what I wanted to say, originally I saw a teaser oh oh, I saw a teaser for the Real Housewives of Potomac clearly Karen Huger again as usual is always making some sort of beef with someone and honey you know it's gonna be Giselle so it was probably like what 15 seconds of them about to get into this little tiff I'm so excited that comes out in the summer I can't fucking wait bravo has so many good shows coming up and honestly it's definitely going to be the bestest summer now with that we're going to go to like a like kind of a serious topic i would say so check this i found this on reality blurb website as i do with some of my other infos you know so andy cohen our bravo king andy cohen he is defending Miss Real Housewife of Orange County, Kelly Dodd, okay? Now, before everyone goes crazy here, I'm going to tell you what he is defending her on. In this article, what they say that he kind of hinted toward or said, this is not Bible, this is from a reality website, so who knows if it's really true, but... I guess he was saying something like he disagrees. Well, I definitely know that he disagrees with her political because he's not for Trump. And it seemed as if she was. Okay, so he said that he disagrees with her political views, but he also explains that these Bravo stars shouldn't be put, quote unquote, on trial for their personal beliefs. So that's what he's defending. That's how he's defending Kelly on that kind of thing. He did a recent interview with Vulture, and he said that he didn't agree with her stance, obviously, on the COVID thing where she said it was God's way of thinning out the herd. Obviously, we all heard that. It was fucked up. So he's saying he doesn't agree with that, nor I don't think anyone else does either, or they shouldn't. But he did say... He did say there were some other people that did agree with Kelly, not necessarily housewives. He's not saying that. I'm not saying that. But I think he's just generalizing the fact that, hey, you know what? Maybe Kelly wasn't the only one that thought of that. So he's defending her in that way. Is it right? I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Now, the reason why he said something like that or he's suggesting he's basically saying, well, you know, she lives in the OC and I would think... The opinion is probably 
pretty similar to what she's thinking. So I maybe it's a community thing. I don't know. Not only that, he said something that I thought was pretty, pretty interesting. And uh, I'm going to read you what his what his quote was. So this is Andy Cohen's quote through the Vulture interview. Okay, so he says the line between celebrating someone's outspokenness and not liking someone's outspokenness is really blurring these days. Bravo is meant to be an escapism. And I don't personally think that the people on Bravo should be on trial for their political and cultural views. That doesn't seem fun to me. Actually, he says that doesn't seem that fun to me. So there's what the Bravo King says. It's an escapism. The network, he feels that I guess we as viewers shouldn't really be attacking these Bravo lebs for their opinions as far as politics are concerned and uh, I guess their views on the world. What are Yin's guys' thoughts? It's an interesting statement from him. And uh, I would love to get your thoughts, your two cents on it. Do you agree with him? Do you disagree? Why? Why not? I thought it was an interesting thing. He also said, he continued that he feels like the firings of the four Vanderpump Rules kids was a little... We didn't say a little. He, he thought it was a mistake because he feels like there could have been a teachable moment had they stayed on the show. OK, so he thought that viewers and, you know, the kids could learn something about their dumbass bullshit that they did. Right. But then uh, this was a pretty juicy article, if I do say so myself. Then the president of Evolution Media, which I believe is the production company that puts out Vanderpump Rules. Okay, so the president gets up and says, you know, we had to fire them, the Vanderpump kids, because the audience expects some accountability for these stars on this particular platform. Okay, so not only that, he continued by saying there was no way to even document any type of growth or consequence of their actions during filming. Why? Because the pandemic was going on hard back at that time, but also is still going. I don't know. I think in my opinion, if it's still here, I'm going to say it's hard. Things are getting better. So the news stations say all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I don't know. So that was pretty interesting. He also, along with Andy, kind of does regret the decision sometimes that they had to fire them. But he was like, how else could we have handled it? I, I second guess the decision. But people have to know that they're not bad people. Again, interesting, juicy article on Andy Cohen's views, the president of Evolution Media, about Kelly Dodd's outspokenness. That was really from Andy, not the president of Evolution Media. I don't know the, the guy's name. I just said president. I was like, OK, let's go with it. But also the firings of the Vanderpump kids. So I would say that that's a pretty heavy what the Bravo subject. So I didn't really want to get into any others because I thought this one was juicy enough to have a dialogue and let me know Yin's guys' thoughts for sure. Do you think Andy is right for defending Kelly on her outspokenness? Do you agree that he feels that us viewers should not judge and attack the Bravo Lebs' cultural views and political views? Was it the correct thing to fire the Vanderpump kids? Or do you agree that both the president of Evolution Media and Andy are second guessing? Could we have had a great teachable moment for not only the cast members, but the rest of America or the rest of the world? Because I'm assuming that this shit is streamed all over the world. Who knows? I don't know. But what are your thoughts? Let me know. 
Let's have a dialogue because the shit is heavy. So now with that, we're going to get into our Jersey gals. Holy shit. This episode was moving just like the Nono and Nona celebration of life, but it was moving in like a different manner. And I can't wait to talk to Yin's guys about it. So here we go, baby, the main event. So this episode brings, in my mind, I just think of one person, Gina. Is it Gina or Jean? Jean Marie, baby. Medium. Jersey, medium. Jersey, psychic. Holy shit. I want to call her ass up. I actually did look her up online. She's got her own website. I'm sure she's probably hella expensive, especially if she was on The Real Housewives of New Jersey. But I would be interested to hear what she would have to say just in general because the episode was fabulous. So in my opinion, this past week's episode was definitely all about the psychic readings at Teresa's house. But before we get there, we start the episode out at the Aiden household. Jennifer's mom and dad are there in the same place. Jennifer is telling her mom, you know, mom, I think you should have went to Turkey so you could see your grandson like you never met him yet. And we all know why she didn't go. She didn't go because she's pissed off at her husband because I guess apparently he emotionally abused her and she's just kind of mad, which I totally get if that is a true thing. You know, let's just believe her because we don't know. We don't really know the facts. But for me, with what they're saying on the screen, I'm going to take it as, you know what? Maybe he did emotionally abuse her. I don't know. But we got to take in account her feelings. So she's kind of pissed, which I would be too if I had to go through that. So not only that, when they were talking about the grandson stuff, Jennifer brings up how Margaret He's going after her and basically saying that Bill is the token husband because he's taking care of her and all this shit. Kind of like a sugar daddy, but not really. Margaret was just going below the belt and Jennifer was doing that shit to Margaret. So she's telling her mom about it and she's like, what the hell? She's always coming after me. Like, I don't like that. So... Her mom's just like, that's not cool. You should just forget about it. Which is funny because in my mind, what if someone was saying that to you, mom? You know, I, I don't know. So sometimes it works both ways, I guess. Then we get back to the dad situation and she is telling Jennifer that her dad was never there while she was growing up and he wasn't a man. So Jennifer's mom is admitting, per her opinion, of course, That Jennifer's dad was never a man because he was never around and he was so demanding of me. And we also find out like, holy shit, this was crazy. We find out that Jennifer's mom begged her own mother not to marry Jennifer's dad. That's some heavy shit, especially to put that shit on national television. It's pretty heavy, I have to say. And I guess she was 16 whenever she married him. And I think he's like 10 years older than her. So... We've heard it before in, in Jennifer's confessionals that, yeah, I guess in Turkey, that's a that's a really big thing as far as you're doing an arranged marriage and you can't go against the family's wishes because if you do, then like shit gets fucked up, I guess. So yeah, her, her real emotions are raw coming out and it is playing very emotional over the camera. And I felt... It was heavy hitting on my heart just watching her because you can see how much turmoil emotionally I guess she had to go through to get to this point. And I think all of these years of dealing with it, I think this is her snapping point. And unfortunately, she's doing it in front of a camera. 
after we're at the Aiden household, we are going to lunch with Melissa, Jackie, and Margaret. So Margaret gives the ladies so much credit about their homeschooling for their kids during this time at the pandemic happening, you know, because they were talking about it. And she's like, oh, my God, I give you girls so much credit because, like, I don't even know if I'd be able to do it right now. You know, she says it sort of like that, but not really. You get what I'm saying. And then we go back and Margaret is talking about her experience growing up because she didn't really have that stable family unit because her mom was kind of always going around being with all these guys, I guess, or at least it sounded like that. So Margaret was saying, I guess how she learned as a child that as a woman, no matter how smart you are, that doesn't matter. The only way that you're going to get ahead is by your looks and your sexuality. So that's how Marge was brought up, or at least I don't know necessarily if that's what her mother said, but I think as an observer, when she was a child, maybe that's just how she understood it. And I guess that's how she grew up and that's what she knew at the time. Obviously, she knows that that is not the case and that is not a normal thing to think of. So she also admitted that she never really felt super safe with her mother growing up. I thought that was pretty telling. It's just interesting. First of all, I think it's interesting to hear everyone's story because we all fucking know. We all come from different places, right? We have different families, different beliefs, all this kind of stuff. It's really interesting to hear people's points of views on things, but also it's interesting to hear about people's lives growing up. I mean, I feel like you can learn a lot of different things from people in general, but really getting to know a person, if they're open enough to tell about their childhood and upbringing, I think you can learn even more about where they're coming from. And I don't know, I feel like I'm getting super Dr. Philly here, so I'm gonna stop. (laughs) Okay, so with that, The girls are then reflecting on the whole argument that Melissa had with Joe at the shore. You know, when Joe had his hissy fit, you're not going to wait for your husband. Yeah. So Margaret was like, you know what? You know what, Melissa? I think he's acting this way because I think he knows at this point he doesn't really need to be in your life. Like, you don't need him, Melissa. So he's scared. So I think Marge has a point. I think The ego of Joe is getting in his way right now because he wants to be the dominant male and whatever he says goes, like very old school from what he's used to, how he grew up. Like I said before, it's interesting to hear about people growing up and what they do and all that shit. So from this whole thing, too, it almost seems like Melissa when she was younger, because I think she was 24 when they got married, seems as if she was a little bit more submissive to Joe when she was younger. Now she's in her 40s. She might be 40, 41 now. I don't know. But I know she's at the four because she made the big ass deal of turning 40 in two seasons ago, I think. So I guess she was a little bit more submissive. Now her mind is completely flipped. And you know what? Power to you, Melissa, because I think you're a badass bitch. You keep doing your thing for envy. That shit is tight. And then towards the end of the lunch, they're talking about the new party that's going to be happening at Teresa's house, the psychic party with Gina Marie. Yes. Okay. And they were like, oh, my God, I wonder what's going to happen. I'm so excited. But then they're like, we need to know if Teresa's dating someone because we feel like she's doing some shady shit. Like she was supposed to hang out with us on this date and she said she had to go to a soccer game. But guess what, bitch? You didn't post anything on your Instagram 
Wouldn't you think that you'd want to post a picture of your daughter's soccer game scoring a goal or like just being in her shin guards and shit? No, bitch, you didn't do that. But you also published quinoa pictures and stupid oatmeal shit all over your Instagram. They were like, something's up. What the fuck? Or at least this is Marge. This is Margaret's thinking. And then you got Melissa in her little confessional. She's like, I can't say anything because she knew this whole time that Teresa has gotten a new boo. But she was sworn to secrecy, not to say anything. Way to go, Melissa. You're, yeah, you're kick-ass. I dig it. So then after the lunch, we go to Dolores's house. This was kind of a, a heavy scene for me. I just love Dolores. We already know that. I love Frank. We know that. So Dolores is on the phone. She's confirming her biopsy appointment. And I'm like, what the fuck? What's going on here? I guess she got her mammogram recently as far as the episode. And I guess it had been a long ass time since she had gotten one. I think a few years. And then I guess she was kind of saying in her confessional, it's kind of hypocritical when I'm telling all these women to go get their mammograms and I'm not doing it. Like, what the fuck? But the reason why she never wanted to do it is because she doesn't like doctors and doing all that shit. Well, I get that. Not a lot of people do it. But you know what? You got to suck it up and you just got to do it, which is what she did. So on the mammogram, came back as abnormal. So like, holy shit. She's like, this is kind of a serious thing. What's going on? I think it's personally great that she ended up going to get her mammogram because if she didn't, maybe this could have been worse in the future. Hopefully everything is better now and it's just good to know as early as possible so you can fix the situation if you even have that. So calling to have her biopsy appointment. Frank comes in being all Frank and being all beautiful and lovely and I love him. Frank call me, but not really. But really, kind of call me. So Dolores is talking to him about the whole biopsy appointment. And he's like, well, who's going with you? And she's like, no one's going with me. And he's like, do you want me to go with you? No, I I can do it myself. I'm Italian, old school. We don't deal with this shit. We deal with it on our own. We don't need everyone else around me worrying about me, all that kind of stuff. So that happens. And then they're also talking about the house flipping business because they're still doing that together. And because of COVID, people are fleeing from the city to the suburbs and they're looking for houses. So like their business is booming, I guess. But she's also trying to fix up her house still and Frank's got to take care of all that shit. So then we get to Frank was so there. He was about to say, does David know? Well, actually, no, he did say it. He was like, does David know about this appointment? Yes, he does. Okay, cool. He's about to say his thoughts on David. But of course, Dolores cuts him off because she doesn't want to hear it because she knows that it's fucking true and she's in denial 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 but he says he doesn't like certain things about David well guess what Frank I don't like most things about David I think the one thing that I like is he's a doctor and that means he can't be all that selfish right but there's a lot of things that I don't like about David but this whole show is not about David so we're gonna move on from that So the gals are getting ready for their psychic party at Teresa's house. Everyone's really excited. Margaret is talking to her husband, Joe B., about Jennifer's recent Instagram post of, oh my God, she has no more nanny in her house. Like, holy shit. She doesn't actually, wasn't a nanny. She said housekeeper. I don't have a housekeeper in my house anymore. She left and I don't have one anymore. Oh my God. So Margaret's saying, Jennifer, don't be tone tough like you're being a spoiled brat. And we obviously know that there's going to be a thing whenever they see each other again. 
So then we get to Teresa's house, and as Snooky from the Jersey Shore would say, party's here! Party's here, okay? Gina Marie, baby, the medium, the psychic, okay? She gets the info from the spirit guides, which are, I guess, the people that are that have passed on, let's say. So the girls are arriving. Woohoo! Teresa then asks Margaret, hey, how is your book coming along and all that kind of stuff? Margaret says that everything's coming great and that she's going to have this party on this yacht. Oh, my God. I wonder if it's going to be on below deck. I don't know. Ooh, fun fact about Kate Chastain, too. Real quick. And then we'll get back to Margaret letting the girls come on a yacht and shit. Kate Chastain, obviously we know she's not on Bravo's chat room anymore. And it's crazy because they didn't really make a huge announcement about that. We just like saw her not be on it. Why? Well, you know what? Here's the scoop. She was living in New York for a moment of time. It really wasn't that long. Originally, she was supposed to be in New York to do some sort of radio show and shit with Andy or for Andy or within the network Sirius XFM or whatever. But I guess New York didn't work out for her. Maybe she didn't like it. But guess what? She moved back to Florida and she got a new house. And rumor has it. Rumor has it. I think she will be in the next Below Deck season. Don't quote me on that, but that's the rumor going around. I would love to fucking see that. She's great. And if she is back on that season, bring back Josiah with her because her and Josiah are great and I love them both and I need them on my screen right now. But back to Margaret. Support for our podcast is brought to you by Jess Live, a trusted source for high-quality wellness CBD products created by athletes just for you. And these athletes are Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, Travis Pastrana, and Paul Rodriguez, and they wanted to create a CBD product that they could trust and that they could stand behind. They have six different flavors, including sleep, energy, focus, immunity, calm, and vitamin C, which we all want every single day. They are vegan and low sugar, and I highly recommend you giving these a try, especially the sleep and the focus one. So right now, if you buy one of the new gummy products, you get one free. There are six different benefits to choose from, and instead of just choosing one, visit justlive.com and use code SUPPORT to buy one and get one free. That's buy one and get one free at justlive.com. Use code SUPPORT. Her book's coming along. She wants the girls to come on a yacht to do this party for her book. She Basically, what she's going to do is she's going to do what Stassi did at Tom Tom, but she's going to do it on a yacht, and she's going to read a chapter or two, okay? But Kristen Doty is not going to be on there as far as her fucking her ex-boyfriend and or ex-husband. Wouldn't it be interesting if, like, Daniel Staub did that, though? Oh, my God. I would die! So as everyone's there, everyone is in attendance, even Michelle, the realtor. Interessante. So Margaret's reading is first. Gina Marie tells her that her father-in-law, her ex-father-in-law, okay, so her first husband, I forget his name, her first husband's father, he is deceased. So I guess he came up in Gina Marie's reading and I guess he said that he's looking down on Margaret as if... She is his daughter, was his daughter, and 
basically saying, Margaret, you were the daughter that I never had. That got her really emotional. And she said that he was her favorite human. And if he was still alive, she probably would still be marrying to her first husband. I found that really interesting. So obviously there was a really tight bond there. And it was really affecting her whenever she heard this information. I thought it was a really nice moment. This whole fucking thing of the medium stuff was just a nice moment throughout. So that was Margaret's reading. We go to Michelle, the realtor, and Gina Marie is telling her, your grandparents, grandparents from Portugal or something, and and they're acknowledging your daughter. Like, what day was she born? Because they're referencing this number. It was like 27 or something. So I guess her grandparents were looking down on her. Something with Portugal. I, I don't know. She's of Portugal descent or something like that. And the number that she said was the number of her daughter, her birthday. So that was cool, too, to hear. And after that, we get to Dolores, baby. Dolores is reading. Her grandparents are in the forefront of the reading. Her grandfather is explaining, like, hey, Dolores, you need to brace yourself for something that's big, like something, like, go get something checked. And she hears this, and she's probably like, what the fuck? Because I know when I heard it, I was just like, holy shit, he is, like, on point. Like, he knows about this biopsy thing. Like, what the fuck? He probably knows more than we all know. Clearly he does, because that's what he told the medium, or that's what was coming through. That was pretty intense. Not only that, they're acknowledging, like, a house crumbling of some sort, like, something's not right, like, a broken relationship, and that... Her grandmother is saying, you know what, this man, this man, he's not chasing you the way that he should be or the way that you want him to. And you know what, Dolores, this guy, it's, it's, I don't think he's not for you. This isn't it. This isn't right. We all know that she's referring to David because he sucks ass. Okay, he does. He's not cool. He's so uncool. But her grandmother is acknowledging, okay, it's not this person, but it will be with someone. And it's going to be great. And you know what I think and who I think it should be? Frank, Frank, Frank with my rolled R. Frank. It's Frank, motherfuckers. Yes, it is. Or at least in my mind, in my Disney world, princess, fairy tale ending, it's Frank. Catania. So whenever she's hearing this, she's just listening like, okay, he's not the guy for me. All right, whatever. And then all of a sudden the medium's like, but your grandparents want you to know that there's this big ass dog with them on this couch and they're saying, boo is looking down on you. And then what happens? (laughs) She's crying like a motherfucker. She is crying about her dog, okay? Now, Melissa throws some stuff. I, I call it shade, but I don't, I don't really want to call it shade. It's like a realization, but it is in my weekly shade segment, so I don't want to divulge into it so much right now, but it was very interesting that she was crying about her dog more than the whole David situation, but we also found out that the dog died of kidney failure, but I'm not going to lie. I think I might react the way that Dolores did. So I don't find it crazy, but I do find it slightly disappointing. I don't know. I don't know. I could go both ways. I could because I feel like I've been fucked over many times by dudes like Dolores and I love dogs and I know whenever I get my little puppy, it's going to be the shit. I'm going to like spoil the thing rotten and yeah, I guess get back to me on that because I I don't, I'd have to think about it. It was also very interesting that she admitted that she sleeps with her dog's ashes. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I get it. It's nice. Kind of creepy. 
I don't know if it's as creepy, though, as MJ putting her dog in the freezer. Do we fucking remember that? Oh, my God. That was like early Shaws of Sunset days whenever Asa was still in the cast, which, by the way, Shaws of Sunset, too, they're fucking coming back, too, because I just put some on my Instagram. There's like some little preview about it. Like, fucking yes. Bravo. You're doing God's work. Thank you, honey. Thank you. So then we get down to Melissa. There's a connection with her dad. Her dad is looking down on her and saying that she is proud of everything that she has been doing and acknowledges her son who plays a sport. I think it's wrestling. He said something about some sort of championship or champion, and he's referring to um, his grandson. And then from there, he's referencing this number. It's number five, which in my mind, five and three are like the best numbers of life. And he's like, there's something up with this five. So Gina Marie's like, Melissa, what's what's five in your life? Anything? And she's like, well, I've been I've been open in my business for five years. Ooh, coincidence. I don't think so, honey. But he's also acknowledging that there is a break in the family dynamic for whatever reason. And then Gina Marie's like, what's going on there? And then Melissa's like putting it together like, holy fuck, my husband and I are like in a little tiff. Like, this is crazy. Like, he thinks I'm gonna, that I'm too independent and I I forget about him and all this kind of shit. So it's all connecting to her. And she asks Gina Marie, should I stop what I'm doing? Like, should I work less? And her father is channeling through Gina Marie and she's saying, no, honey, you're doing everything just fine. Don't feel like you need to stop. So her dad's basically giving her the A-OK to keep on going. And yes, dad, I would be doing that too. Then we get to Jackie. Gina Marie is channeling her grandmother, whose name is Esther, because I think she said, Jackie, uh, is there is there an Esther in your family? And she's like, oh, my gosh, that's my grandmother. So Jackie's grandma was coming in, coming in heavy and hot, and she wanted to acknowledge to Jackie that she is her own success and that she's very proud of her. And your grandmother's looking down on you, and she's got your back forever and ever. So I thought that was really cool. I'm sure Jackie really appreciated it, especially with all the shit that she was going through earlier on in the season that had just gotten resolved like two episodes ago. So yeah, Esther, thank you very much. That's good. That's good. That's good. Her grandmother's saying, Jackie, always keep your head held high because you're a badass bitch. She said something along those lines. (laughs) Exactly. Verbatim, honey. I'm just kidding. Now, Jennifer, this was pretty cool. So Gina Marie was like, all right, so there's like a shit ton of spirit guides around you right now coming in. Something about your lineage, like what's going on there? And I guess Jennifer was like, yeah, I have this great, great uncle and he was a martyr during the Armenian genocide. So there was a massacre because he wouldn't convert. Okay, so because of that, you know, he died and all this kind of shit. And I guess later on, she said 20 years ago, so I don't know, maybe early 2000s, let's say. So the Pope then ordained him as a saint later on. So that's pretty damn. That's some history. That's that's kind of cool. I mean, clearly that shit super sad that the massacre happened and all that kind of stuff. Like that's fucked up. But coming out on the other side, yeah, she definitely has some heavy history in her in her lineage. So that that's that was neat to see. That was neat to see. They're also saying her spirit guides were saying that they recognize that there's a, also another break in her family unit as well. We all know that it's her mom and dad because they're not getting along. 
in these spirit guides, they're saying, Jennifer, you need to validate and be supportive of your mother's feelings. And if she's saying that she was emotionally abused, you need to believe her. You need to believe her because right now you're enabling your father by not acknowledging how she feels. They're reminding her that the mother and daughter bond is an important bond to have. So after Jennifer's reading, we get to Teresa. That was pretty emotional too, just because we saw the celebration of life last week, um, the prior week with Nono and Nona. So her parents did come through, which was beautiful. And they were saying that they were so happy for Teresa and her new relationship. So, aha! Aha! We found out. Well, we already knew, but the ladies finally found out. And Melissa's like, oh, now I don't have to say anything. So even the spirit guides, honey, they know that you're seeing someone. And if you ask me, does her boyfriend not look like a younger, thinner version of Joe Judice before he lost all that weight when he was deported and shit? I mean, I'm talking like younger Joe Judice. Does he not look like him? <laughs> because I think he does. That's just what I saw. So after that really cool experience with Gina Marie, the medium, the psychic, we go back to Jackie's house to celebrate Rosh Hashanah. The family comes over to celebrate the new year. And Jackie is telling the family how that medium experience was for her and how she was able to connect with her grandmother. And this was kind of funny. So Evan, we need to see you more because I feel like you could be like a Bill Aiden and you could have some really clever, witty things to say, but you don't have a lot of camera time. Bravo. Let's get a little bit better and just give the house husbands their own show of New Jersey. Uh, Thought much? Yes, do it. I think that would be a good thing. And I mean thought as T-H-O-U-G-H-T, not thought. Okay, so let's just go from there. But Evan, <laughs> but Evan says, yeah, well, 90% of Jewish grandmothers are Esther. So I don't know if, you know, he was like, I don't know if I'm really going to believe that shit. But that was kind of witty to say. I didn't know that, but now I do. So thank you, Evan, for the information. And then we find out that Jackie's New Year's resolution is just to be a little bit more open, a little bit more welcoming to things because it's more fun, which I think it is too. I got to do better as well. Now we're at a dinner date with Melissa and Joe doing their thing, loving each other, you know. She's telling him, you know, Joe, I'm going to take Antonia to Envy to do some school shopping because the school year's coming up and or they're going to go back to school and all this kind of shit. But also, Joe, I'm going to talk to her about sex, okay? And then he's like, oh, yeah, he can't deal with it. It's a guy thing. I don't, I don't think guys want to talk about their daughters having sex. I just don't think it's a thing. I don't think guys like talking uh, unless they're uh, having sex with the woman. I don't think they want to hear about any other woman having sex, especially if it's within their family. So there's that. It was awesome when Melissa was trying. She was going to say something. She's like, yeah, I need to tell Antonia, whenever you do feel like giving yourself to someone in that manner, you got to make sure that you use a condom. Oh, my God. Cue Joe Gorga's face. He was like, oh, my God. So great. Classic dad moment. Yes, it was it was wonderful. 
Then they get back to talking about each other and how Joe said, you know, when I first met you, I knew that you were going to be my wife. I knew that I was going to marry you. And he's like, I just don't want you to forget about me. I know that you have to work. I support you. I think you're so driven and that's what attracted me to you in the first place. You know, just don't forget me because I'm still here too. So he let out his emotions. She said, baby, I love you. I'm not going anywhere. I fucking love you. Let's have sex right here on the table. (laughs) She didn't. Could you imagine if they did that? Holy shit. That would be crazy. Some people might love it. Joe apologizes for the way that he acted. She forgives him and she's just like, you know, you have to acknowledge we're older now. We don't have little ones like we used to. Like I'm not raising toddlers right now. They're teenagers. They're about to be teenagers. Like it's just different. So we have to grow together. So that was that was cute to see. So finally we end the episode at Jennifer's house with the family saga continuing. Her husband Bill comes in the room cuz he had just gotten done with some surgery or some shit. I don't know, something like that. So her father is there, her mom is on the way, and you know shit's going to get real. Okay, so as soon as mom's helping out in the kitchen, Bill's around. Bill's asking Jennifer what happened at the medium, the psychic, what did they say? And then Jennifer was sharing with everyone. Her daughter, Gabriella, I believe, was in the room as well. She's the oldest, the oldest uh, daughter. And Jennifer was saying, oh, they her the spirit guides came in and they were saying that, you know, mom was abused in the way that she was feeling She's right. She's absolutely right. And that was pretty intense because you got her dad sitting there listening to all this shit. Like, I'm pretty sure he was like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? And then Jennifer's mom steps in and says that she was never, ever happy with him. And she was happier with her life before she got married to him. And you know what's crazy? Her husband, Jennifer's dad, is still in the room. And then he's like, this is bullshit. Okay. He says it in a lower voice. So Jennifer looks at both of them and says, you know what? Trying to calm them down, which this didn't make any sense. If you want people to calm down. I wish that you guys did divorce so you could be happy. Poor Gabriella is listening to this whole conversation. Then you see her start crying like, what the fuck? She's like 13. I would cry too. Hearing your mother say about her grandparents, Gabriella, that she wished that they were divorced. Like that's that's heavy. That's heavy for a 13 year old. And I felt bad that she had to witness that. And Bill, coming to his senses, he knew that too, and says, Gabriella, you shouldn't be around here when we're doing this. So she leaves. Jennifer was like, Mom, I care about your happiness, and, you know, I want you to know that I value you and I support you and all this kind of stuff. So they go outside, and they're having their mama-daughter moment, and then Bill's inside with Jennifer's dad. He says to Bill, this is too much. This is too much. So he's not really agreeing with what's going on. If I was him, I'd probably be the same way. And then you hear Bill kind of talking about, you know, as a culture and as far as marriage, it was just different then. And, you know, it's a cultural thing and things are a little bit different now, 2021. So it's a tough situation. It's a tough situation going on in the Aiden household, especially with her mom and dad. I hope that things come to a resolution So it was a little heavy to end the episode on, but I do think overall it was a really fun, lighthearted, but also heavy hearted in a positive way with the psychic in the show. I need to call up the bitch or Tyler, the medium or the other medium in New Jersey. A lot of mediums in New Jersey. I think that's interesting. Maybe they know their shit. 
And that's it. No one else. I don't know. But I like the episode. We're going to go on to the Dueling Divas or Dueling Diva because there's only one. And uh, yeah, let's do that now. So here we go. Dueling Divas. So the gals that did it for me, Margaret and Jennifer. I think, honestly, they're the best frenemies that any gal could have. Like, if you want to know the definition of a frenemy, I would definitely look up either Mean Girls, the movie, or Jennifer Aiden and Margaret Josephs. They love to hate each other, but they love each other at the same time. Margaret's still kind of up in her panties in a bundle and a bunch, however the fucking phrase is about Jennifer's Instagram post about not having a housekeeper and or nanny, whichever, whatever that term means to Jennifer. So she's pissed off about it. Jennifer can't get over the fact that Margaret's talking shit about you're just a stay-at-home wife, you don't do anything else, and all that kind of stuff. So that's the Dueling Divas segment for this week. Maybe it'll be juicier next week. We're going to have to wait and see. Actually, juicier this week because it's Tuesday. So we'll see. Now let's get to the Weekly Shade. Or maybe this week I'd like to call it Weekly Realizations. It's a little funny because I feel like however I just said it, the Weekly Realizations, it reminded me of Thomas Ravenel from Southern Charm whenever he had people over at his house and he was about to bestow on his guests some words of wisdom. So I feel like when I said weekly realizations, I felt like I was channeling my Thomas Ravenel. So that probably isn't something to be proud of but I'm acknowledging all parts of myself, even if they are not the best. (laughs) So there's that. (laughs) Okay, so the weekly shade and or realizations for today or for this past week. Michelle the realtor is talking about her nanny to Marge whenever she gets to Teresa's house for the psychic party. And then Margaret throws the shade and says, oh, well, maybe you could talk about that with Jennifer because apparently she needs a new nanny or housekeeper, whatever the fuck. Okay. Margaret's just annoyed. We get you, honey. We get it. And then Jennifer arrives. And what does she say? She's like, I've been so busy homeschooling. And then Margaret throws in that jab, baby. She throws in the punch the jab she says oh and you have no nanny so of course you're really busy margaret you're mad you're mad you gotta relax marge relax relax then here's the realization those two examples that was shade margaret and jennifer this i would say is a realization from melissa about dolores and she's saying in her confessional you know dolores is kind of in a dead-end relationship right now, but yet she ends up crying over the dog and not about David in the relationship. Like, you can't make this shit up, you know? It's just, this is what it is. So she thought that was kind of crazy. As I said before, I kind of do, but I kind of don't, and I need to simmer on it a little bit more with my thoughts. Then we have Margaret's realization with Dolores and her dog, and she said... In her confessional, she's like, you know, most people would cry more over their boyfriends, but of course Dolores would cry about her dog. I mean, she loves her dogs. They love you unconditionally, and they'll stick with you no matter what, and you don't have to chase after them. So of course she's going to be crying over her dog. 
realization, some shade. Uh, I don't know if there was a negative light to that. Some people could take it negatively, I guess. But I don't think Margaret's wrong. I don't. I think she, I think that's a fact, to be honest. I do. So that was my shade slash realization for for the episode. Now we're going to go on to the quote of the week, which realistically, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I have two. I thought I had one by looking at my notes, but I only, I have two. So we're going to go do that real quick. So quote of the week. So the quote of the week, honeys, the both coming from Margaret and they're actually both about Teresa. So first one is, let me tell you something. If you're constantly talking about tasting sweet, Someone is definitely eating that pineapple bush, if you know what I'm saying. Ooh, that pineapple bush. I've never heard of that, uh, but it sounds interesting and kind of disgusting, exciting at the same time. I don't know. But final quote from Margaret about Teresa. It is, whenever the psychic was saying that her parents are recognizing the new relationship and they support it, she says in her confessional, even the psychic says Teresa's getting it. Ooh, well, we all know that she is and she still is and she's loving it. So my full quote of the week is the first one. Let me tell you something. If you're constantly talking about tasting sweet, someone is definitely eating that pineapple bush, if you know what I'm saying. Marge, baby, you're my bitch. I love you and I think you're fabulous. Damn, I love all you ladies. I love all the fucking housewives, even Dallas, and I don't even watch them. I just think they're freaking fabulous. I mean, even though I come down on them pretty hard sometimes, it is all in fun and definitely not meaning to be a fucking mean person, but it's just so fun. They're fucking awesome. So anyways, that's the episode, Yins guys. Thank you so much for listening. I think you're fucking great as usual. Tell your friends about the show. Please spread the word, spread the love. Subscribe on iTunes. Give me a little rating, five stars, of course. And uh, write a review. I, I, I have a few of them. I'd love to see more of your thoughts. Follow me on Instagram at Bravo Yinzer. Yinzer spelled Y-I-N-Z-E-R. Follow us at Believe Podcasts and at Believe Pop Culture. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V. And I hope you guys have a kick-ass week. And holy shit, I get my second vaccine on Wednesday. So I'm a little nervous. We'll see if I have uh, side effects. I know that my mom did, so hopefully I won't. But uh, you know what? We'll see. I'll talk about it after I get it next week. So have a kick-ass week. Thank you again for giving me your time and your attention. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'll catch you guys next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.